0: hello and welcome to the pro fun Ever podcast i'm your host kevin sanders and you're listening to episode three of season three and today's guest we have another man from down under the gold coast of australia the man called brendan riley an mma fighter dirt bike rider and just all-around awesome dude i've been following this guy on instagram for a while and if you ever need inspiration to get anything done just go and follow this guy he is just by all his posts and everything that he does he does at 200 percent and he just is such an inspiration to me on a daily and with this podcast i got to find out a little bit more about his backstory where he's hitting, where his motivation comes from from like everything that he does so without a further ado our guest brendan riley Awesome dude well dude let's start it off. thank you for taking the invitation and welcome to the pro fun of a podcast no worries yeah so like it I've, I've been following you for a while and um, I think I just, just I should just start um like getting all the aussies that i that I follow on uh, uh, on on the podcast because like I said I think you guys' they're in the gold Coast there's something in the water or something because like there's just a bunch of awesome humans all there in the gold Coast yeah I've seen that you've uh, interviewed uh sammy and jace. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I did. And for for the people that are listening, if you can give a, a quick elevator pitch, uh, who is Riley? Um, me, just uh, yeah. sort of a
1: thirty five year old sort of dude that sort of um, I don't know. I'm just trying to make the most of life. Uh, sort of um, yeah. Sort of watch my mum. Sort of uh, sort of yeah. She had a, a drinking problem. And she used to waste a a lot of days sort of drinking and wasting, yeah, basically just, yeah, wasting her days. And that sort of made me spark up and want to take advantage of time and make the most of life and sort of just set goals and go for it
0: exactly and dude uh, i think uh, from from following your instagram and that like you two of the major things that i've seen you do is the mma side and the dirt biking side um like to to get it all to 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 get your whole story in like where let's let's start up with the mx side and that like where did the love for for motocross and and riding bikes and all that start off
1: well like yeah as a kid i've always liked anything on two wheels i started off Mm -hmm. on a bmx but Yeah, mum being a single mum and stuff like that, she couldn't really afford motorbikes. So when I got old enough, I sort of made it a goal to get one and have some fun on it. And then I realised that I really wanted to race. And then me being me and a competitive sort of guy, I wanted to take it as far as I could. And Mm -hmm. I set a goal of racing nationals here in Australia and I ended up getting two rounds in.
0: Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. That, that's that's cool so so you said i'd like a goal but you can definitely see like on the on just following your instagram like that competitive nature like anything you do um like it has to be like done at 200 percent, or like it, it just yeah. seem like you're not involved in it
1: <laughs> yeah i just yeah i don't do anything half-assed and if you're not going to sort of you do it at 180 percent, then i don't see the point in doing it so if i'm if i love it and i'm passionate about it i'll go for it so
0: and then and, and like, obviously like you mentioned your situation with your mom is like that, is that, was that the main motivation is to not never half ask anything because like I picked it up, like that's kind of the Aussie mentality. Like most of the Aussies that excel in anything, they, they you know, not half ass anything. Like most of the big senders that I know in my life and are all Aussies and uh, like, they're not scared yeah. of anything. And I think that's kind <laughs> of the installed attitude over there. <laughs> yeah.
1: I suppose. Yeah. I guess like even like before, mom I sort of went all out on anything I did so Mm. maybe it's just a thing that I've always done but that sort of motivated me a lot more
0: definitely no I think I think the same thing I think if you uh, do anything uh, there's there's nothing more that irritates me than someone that's doing something and they're just doing it because they kind of like uh, this is just the normal work for them and normal that like I believe anything if it's my nine-to-five job it's my photography anything you have to push um and sometimes it leads to like not being able to have a proper routine and sleep and stuff like that. But it seems like you, the type of guy that's got all that, but they balanced out.
1: Yeah. I think, um, I definitely, I don't struggle with commitment and dedication. Mm. Um, yeah. Like even with MMA, like when I started out last January, I got myself a strength and conditioning coach. I got a dietitian I got some really great coaches behind me mm. and they sort of helped me and sort of guided me and we just went from there and yeah, it's been um, a pretty good journey.
0: <laughs> so, so you started, you only started with MMA uh, two years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So years, just uh. as I moved up to the Gold Coast, I sort of got into it and mm. sort of just went down uh, for a bit of fitness and stuff like that while COVID was on and Mm. I started enjoying it a little bit more, and I always right. used to think about like a fight as a bucket list thing. And mm. yeah, come January, I sort of knuckled down and sort of went for
0: it. So and that's and you're coming off your last fight. I saw the this past weekend you won your you won your last fight, and that like, like this just the how's that mentality of just coming off a, of a win? Like, you're still riding that high coming off the win from the from the weekend.
1: Well, yeah, like it was on um, Saturday, so what is it now, Friday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like properly sinking in now. Mm. Um, I think it's just, so I feel like it's a different adrenaline dump to what motocross was. Um, But, yeah, I just, yeah, I couldn't, it was like a fairy tale for me. I just put so much into it. Yeah. I was so passionate and dedicated, it sort of, it ended up, Yeah, being a a pretty good fight and yeah, I got away with the win
0: that's that's so cool They're like i see you asked in your story like who's coming to your next cage fight and i want to just want to say yes yes i want to go i'll yeah. fly down to the coast come and yeah. see this in action because like i so said that's it's 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 rare where you find the, the, the human that's so balanced i mean even um I, i've seen some of your your artistic side and the in the in that as well so do you feel like it's a necessary to have that balance i mean okay obviously there's the balance between the motocross and the mma and that side but being more on the creative side side. How do you how does that fit into the this this type of lifestyle?
1: Um I think it's a, a little different. Um both sport and art help me mentally. Mm-hmm. Um like I've been a carpenter my whole life so that's just my sort of nine to five sort of thing. But um always drawing and painting that's always been an outlet for me. And then I suppose i suppose painting and drawing's more of my calm outlet mm-hmm. and then sports my competitive aggressive sort of yeah get the job done Sort
0: of reality, yeah so, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. then you have that balance between the two things but now to actually actually ask one of the questions that uh, Gerrit asked on the on the on the Instagram that I asked for he said now uh, so are, on the on the training side he said do you follow um, the same training for both MMA and for for the riding and um, or is there any side of, of of cross training between the two that you that you follow like how does your training regime look for MMA between um, mx
1: well compared to like i found mx training off the bike was yeah like i can't even compare it i I Mm. feel like mma was probably one of the most physical things i've actually done so it was like an eight week camp and yeah i was training two yeah probably two if i could three times a day Mm. um pad work um Then I had like all the strength and conditioning and then I had all my, my drills. Then I had wrestling, I had BJJ striking. So it was just completely different. But then when I was on my bike, it was sort of go down to the local track and then jump on my bike and just pump out 40 minute motors as many as I could in the day.
0: Yeah. So now, have you felt that any of the like the MMA side training has helped your, your motocross side or the motocross side has helped your MMA or anything in, in, in that regard?
1: Um, I think my uh, endurance training on the bike mm-hmm. has definitely helped my gas tank for MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, I find with uh, my MMA sort of stuff, I find that I get to my max heart rate and I seem to control it better and then go higher at a longer like sort of time. So I found that yeah, being on the bike for 40 minutes or like nationals was 30 minutes plus one lap. I find it was more of a, a longer, period rather than a sprint
0: i see i oh, know that's that's perfect now now part of the on the other side of the training side is now obviously the nutrition and and stuff like that so i'm going to start off with with pat's question he says well let me phrase it phrase it exactly like you said it's like what do you eat for breakfast to be as uh, as a badass motherfucker as you are <laughs>
1: <laughs> well um so yeah my dietitian sort of sorted all that sort of stuff out mm um jack the the combat dietitian, he's really good like he gave me sort of options between like eggs or a protein shake with oats fruit and stuff like that but then that last week coming into my fight my diet consisted of sort of just like eggs chicken asparagus salmon and water yeah so then i had to yeah. i had to cut salts sugars fiber and then that last day before weigh-ins, I had to sort of do a bath and water cut and cut the, sure. the excess water.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah so So, yeah, so the, obviously you have to then cut down, like, or any any extra foods and whatever. Then you have to make weight. But like, how much of a cut do you do? Like, what is your usual? How many kgs do you have to cut before to get into your weight loss?
1: Well, yeah. Well, I started the the journey sort of uh, last January. I was 107 kilos. I had a big break from motocross to MMA because of COVID. I wasn't really doing anything. Well myself sort of got overweight, stuff like that. So from then to the weigh-in, I lost twenty-three kilos. Jeez. <laughs> but yeah. come, yeah, coming into that last fight week, I lost about ten kilos for the fight.
0: So, so what, what uh, um, class do you fight in? What weight category do you fight in usually?
1: Middle weight. So middle weight, weight yeah. in at
0: 84. 84. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's crazy. Dude, like to go from 100 well, look, it's it's is a bit of a time and what that, but like how do you how do you handle the strain on your body for that weight cut? Because I've heard some of the guys, even here in South Africa, some of the local guys, they they are so drained and that obviously they have a good nutritionist and whatever to keep them to help them with that weight cut, but they just the effect on their body dropping down that last 10 kg and the 10 kgs in that week to get into their class. So like how, how do you handle, handle, handle the weight cut?
1: Well see I thought it would have been a bit more of a struggle because that last weight you do cut out all your carbs and fiber mm-hmm. but my dietitian had um, sort of a good system in where I'll use enough fat mm-hmm. to use as that fuel oh, Okay. but com- coming into that fight week um, there's no sort of sparring there's um, no like full-on intense training it's more like Light pad work, technical sort of stuff, and and then the last couple of days you just stop doing everything and you just worry about that that last bit of weight.
0: I see. Yeah, because I can imagine like you you are so stressed on that, and by that time if you don't if you don't know how to uh, get your fight ready by in the last week, I think you sh- you're not you're technically not ready for the fight then. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. It is a yeah, it is a big thing. It's probably the, the first sport that I've had to worry too much about my weight Mm. because i try i try to i sort of sat at like 100 kilos when i rode 450s Mm -hmm. and that seemed like a good weight for me then yeah but yeah it's um yeah definitely it was sort of the only thing that i was sort of worried about about mma was just making that weight just making yeah having yeah. yeah having my strength and conditioning coach dean at fighting fit and then jack at um the combat dietitian, like they nailed it. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have any stresses going into my next fight.
0: Jesus. well it, it sounds like you have the perfect team around you to make it all happen and that so yeah i think it's but now haven't you ever thought of maybe fighting in a higher weight loss and then actually having to put on a little bit a bit more like more muscle or more fat or whatever it's like that because that's that's one of the things that i always ask myself um in when i watch ufc and stuff like that and you see these guys drop like so many kilos to to get into a weight class because they but i'm asking like okay but why don't you what like for for you for yourself like why don't you go up to like let's say um like uh, what is the next class so like what middle, middle yeah, heavyweight so
1: 90, uh... 90, yeah 92 would be light heavyweight
0: mm, light heavyweight so
1: yeah. well that 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 was my issue coming into the sport i didn't know a lot about it having mm. my motocross background and i played ice hockey before that baseball and soccer um i spoke to like my team down at um combat there and even my coach glenn and Glenn's got a, a huge fighting background and they all agreed that um, being as tall as I am and my reach I'd fight better at middleweight rather than up at 92 with the, the heavier boys so yeah the weight cut it was surprisingly easier than what I thought and yeah we got there in the end and we finished it
0: uh, now with the with the MMA side and whatever, if you had to, to to pick one of them or to actually like pursue to go, let's say you'd be full-time motocross, a full-time MMA, or even a full-time artist, which avenue would you say, okay, cool, I want to do this, leave the carpentry and maybe do that full time? Um it's a tough one. Well, you'd have,
1: yeah. Well, I'm 35. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if I was ever to pursue anything, I think it'd be too late mm. or not too late, but it's not like I'm going to go to the UFC or I'm not going to go over and race a one or anything like that. Yeah. Um, well, since I was, yeah, like four or five, I've always wanted to be an artist. So I'd love to, I don't know. I think it's just a, a happy balance yeah. would do me. I'd love to paint all day and then, Go train MMA and then take my bike out on the weekend and just in, enjoy that. But, like, while I still mm-hmm. can and I can still move around, I definitely need that competitive edge to keep pushing. And yeah. I just set myself new goals after
0: I complete one. I think I think that's the that's the perfect outlook to that because like you see you get some of these guys that that I think they they fall into the trap of always wanting to go pro and then they lose the enjoyment of it. Um, I yeah. think that's that's always where I have that uh, trying to find that balance of okay cool when because I recently started our own um, for a race team on this side and I'm, I'm always scared of, of taking it too serious but obviously you have to take it serious and there has to be commitment to that side but you shouldn't lose is that fun aspect of it because except myself i'm also yeah. now turning 32 and the my, my uh, career of actually going racing supercross or motocross is also it's like the guys that are retiring from that field in south africa are also in their 25s they're like oh we're too old and then like 25 26 and i'm like yeah, that makes me feel very very good about pursuing that now but yeah i think if as long as you enjoy that then there's no sense of and, and also being re- realistic about the goal. Like, I know I'm not going to race for a factory team anytime soon. So, yeah. what's the use of pursuing that then?
1: Well, yeah. Well, that's exactly how I look at everything. It's mm-hmm. like if you don't enjoy it, I don't see the point in doing it. Like, it's mm-hmm. you're wasting your time and your energy into something that isn't, yeah, making you happy or complete. So, you might as well push that energy into things that are good for you and make you happy. and I think you'd live a, a much healthier and happier life if you just sort of did the the things that you enjoy.
0: And now and i talking about things you enjoy, like your carpentry business, and that obviously that's the main one that funds, like your 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 pay your pay your bills and pay your rent and stuff like that. Um, is that also something that you enjoy, or is that now one of those things that okay you just do it because it pays the rent and it pays the bills and allows you to do all these other activities?
1: It yeah, it's pretty much just a money maker now. No. It's um, I've done building for 20 years now and mm. it's just not, yeah, it's not me anymore and, mm. it's yeah, it's just an income at the moment. So if I could build more art pieces and paint more and yeah. sort of, yeah, I definitely want a fair few more fights and, yeah, I think, yeah, that's my end goal is just to be able to paint for a living and play sure. sport.
0: So, I take it the artworks behind you. that's also some of your some of your work in that,
1: yeah, yeah, they are mine, and yeah,' they're, they're scattered all through there
0: <laughs> now no yeah. we I'm just, I've seen some of your stuff and it's it's all kind of based on like graffiti and it's like this all like what do you like for, okay, first of all, what do you call your style of like art or like do you like labeling it or like what is your your view on that side?
1: I don't really yeah, I don't really have a name for it. Like Mm. I, I grew up sort of like uh, enjoying sort of street art Mm. and um, I'm really into fonts and calligraphy and stuff like that. So I try to, yeah, just interpret sort of everything. So I don't, yeah, I couldn't really label it as that, as a style, but Mm. um, I get inspiration from everywhere and different things and I usually get people to give me their ideas of what they want and they just let me put my touch on it. And most of the time it ends up being weird drips and spray patterns.
0: And yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 really something different. I, I even said to my girlfriend because we're moving into our own place now, and we want to get like the, we don't want to get the mundane, normal stuff that artwork and whatever you put up. And like having an interesting piece like that is always a conversation starter, first of all. And um, I mean, it would be awesome to actually have like one one of your pieces in our house and that because it's such a cool yeah. It's such it's it's, it's so different to be to, to the normal stuff that people put in their house or, or like yeah. hang up anyway well- of that.
1: I think there's anything that I've sort of done that I like to be different. I don't like to sort of follow the herd or, Mm. or be that sheep. I like just to do my own thing and growing up, like I I did get bullied as a kid and I felt like I always had to fit in and I had to be that certain someone. And then I started getting older and I suppose like forming into me and changing. And I feel like it's only in the, the last few years that I've actually really become myself and, just yeah sort of like a fuck it attitude and yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> just, I just like do like obviously I'm like yeah I'm responsible and stuff like that and I worry mm. about other people and I'm caring and stuff like that yeah. but yeah at the moment I'm sort of focused on me and what I want to do and if it doesn't make me happy and it's not giving me good energy I don't want to bother doing it so I don't yeah. bother doing it anymore
0: no and i think i think that's i think that's a key to what most people are missing is that energy side because i had a long um, like this uh, pat uh, the guy that commented on the uh, you being a bad motherfucker and what do you have for breakfast he also said like he's a he's like we we both like connect on this this level of energy like i've always uh, said to like most people when i meet someone or whatever there's a certain energy and when you when you do something there's a certain energy if you go to a live concert there's an energy that you get from there and if you don't get the yeah. right energy obviously you're not going to go back and that's the same you need to no. find that in your work and the people that you surround you with now what what is the thing that made you kind of aware like because obviously there's a point that you come and you realize oh hey these energies are around me and then how i interact with 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 them affects my mood and affects how your like your healthy living like at what point did you realize or that that realization come to you
1: um, I don't really know. It's like, I've sort of over the last few years, like I've, I've had like really good mates growing up, but then I've met new people and then like meeting them and seeing the way they live and the way I interact with them. They've sort of, I don't know, you like, you meet mm. good people and you bounce off them and then you sort of work out more of who you are and what you love to do and stuff like that. And I've um, had a really good mate here up on the Gold Coast. that's sort of given me more inspiration to push for what I want to do. Like, I still remember, yeah, like in January before I started my MMA journey, we were literally sitting in the lounge room talking about, um, I'm like, dude, like, I think I want to fight. And he goes, yeah, that'd be sick. Like, I think you'd be good at it. And then, um, yeah, I sort of like got all the right people around me and then yeah like 12 months later i was in the cage and mm. i won and yeah <laughs> nice. that's a spin out eight like i just that was the first conversation we had when um i saw him after the fight and i'm like yeah. do you remember like chatting about this in your lounge room and he's like yeah and it's like, it's like you just you just need people to believe in you you just mm. want real people around you you know what i mean mm. you you'd be the same with all the stuff you do like you want yeah. people to trust in you and believe in you and it helps with that energy. So
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely a lot of people around me now that I trust and they want to see me do good. Yeah. There's no competition between them. It's just like good. Yeah. Good blood.
0: No, I, I think the same thing. I think as soon as you surround yourself with people that are all, cause I, I usually, uh, um, I had this quote where he said, not everyone that's clapping for you is happy that you achieved that. And, or cheering for you yeah. is happy on that side. Cause, and as soon as you eliminate those people, um, I think it leads back to the energy side. You, you, if someone is cheering for you and motivating you and like trying to encourage you to do things or not encourage you, but like they, like, they glad and then they go back and they talk behind your back. Like you'll feel that energy. And as long as you get them out of, your, uh, out of your circle, I think it's perfect. Um, at the moment, I'm so blessed with being surrounded by the same type of people. Like all of them, are either like they they'll go out of their way to help you succeed, and because they know you'll do the same for them. And they like everyone exactly. is genuinely happy when you achieve something. Um, yeah. And I always have this quote saying, "A rising tide raises all ships." So, like, that's that's the main thing. If I started doing good, I mean, your MMA fighters, like, even even in, not that I I would I've always wanted to start boxing and stuff like that. But I thought to myself, like, I don't think I'll ever get it, like, have the guts to get into the drink, But now. Like seeing you succeed in that stuff, like is has, has gone to like, oh shit, like Kevin, you can actually achieve something like that. Like, I mean, you started that not not me going yeah. fighting now, but me doing the stuff that I'm doing. Um, yeah. I'm I'm looking at um, um so not even the people that I surround myself, with, but but the people that I follow on social media, and that's why I say I I can't remember a day that I've I've seen one of your stories and there's not a motivational quote or something like that. Um what is that that page, the GFDA? I think um the yeah, quotes. I mean, those that's quotes, that's, cool. it's, 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 and then it's they're uh, so raw. Mm.
1: They're, they're so raw about everything too, which is, yeah, right. I, I but it's, actually, it's just yeah. funny. The amount of, the, the amount of people that sort of like looked at me before the fight mm. and they either said like, he's not ready
0: yeah.
1: or like they doubted me. They sort of said I couldn't do it. And then mm. that just gives me motiva- more to yeah. more motivation to, so for not to prove them wrong, but just for me, mm. Because uh, yeah, I had a lot of self-doubt growing up and stuff like that. And now that I do believe it, like I don't, I don't do or say the things on social media just for followers or anything like that. Like, I don't look at followings like a, a big thing, and I don't ever want to be put on a pedestal for it. I just want people to see what they're capable of. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing, there's no limitations on what we can and can't do. And like, if you want something, like. Yeah don't give up until you get there. And like everyone fails, like I've mm. failed plenty of times. Like, I've, yeah, like, but like, it's like, it's the difference between whether you want to keep going and if you want to quit, because if you quit, you never really wanted it that much anyway. Mm. So if you, if you set yourself like good enough goals or small enough goals and you push to where that is, you can set more, but if you, you aim too high and you fail, then, yeah 9 times out of 10 people are just going to quit and not do it so mm.
0: uh, dude uh, that's that's part of whatever I actually wanted to tattoo it on my arm somewhere or whatever just fall in love with the journey um so many people like are so unhappy while they're doing something because they want the success the money the fame at the end of the road but if you don't if you don't fall in love with the grind of, of actually achieving that and knowing that like like this morning i got up at 5 a.m drove to be fit trained there because i know i want to be a fit athlete or i want to be back on the motorcycle and actually and race up against those 24 and 25 year olds and show them what's up and then so yeah so I, I've, I've adapted this thing i'm um, I read it in the book. I think everyone's at this point read the book about um, uh, Atomic Habits, where it says you kind of have to adapt the mindset of, um, for instance, if I say I want to be a pro MMA fighter, let's say I make that decision, like and you make it it's like I, I'm gonna go and go and then overindulge tonight. I'm gonna go to the pub and I'm gonna go drink a shit ton. It's like, will a pro MMA fighter do that before one of these big fights or on the journey to his big fights? Like, no. So then, why are you doing yeah. making this decision? Um, this the same with, um, okay, cool, I've done a whole days of work and whatever, like, am, am I gonna go to the gym? Like, okay, what would a pro in that field do? Or what would a pro photographer do? Or what would a pro this do? And then you sort of realize that your that little voice in your head says to you, like, you know what, a pro would actually go out and take these photos, or a pro would out get and put his shoes on and go and take the run because like he needs to train. And then if you long as you fall in love with that journey and making those decisions and seeing the long term goal, I think that that, that's that'll set you up for 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 that long term success or happiness.
1: A lot of people want the success, but they're not willing to put in the work to get there. Mm.
0: No, 100%. And like, no. no, and
1: I think the hustle and the grind and all the hard work you put in are the memories that you want to hold on to and keep. Like, mm. if you if you said you wanted to be a pro and you go straight there, like, what are you going to appreciate and <laughs> exactly. be grateful for? Like, you're just like, well, mm. oh, I'm here now, now what? Like, no, like, I definitely, yeah, I just want to make good memories. Like, life's short and I just want to make as many memories as I want and yeah, just live a good life and happy life. Like, and if I can bring people up around me, and mm-hmm. show people that anything's like worth doing, then like I'll
0: keep doing that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Now you mentioned now about having a happy life and stuff like that. Now, what would a ideal day in the life of Riley look like? Like, what is a what is an ideal day for you on a on a on a daily basis or on a weekly basis or when I'm training? Oh, like just a ideal day that you would say, okay, cool. Today was one of the, the, the fun days of, of, of this, of like of life of that.
1: Um, well, I don't even like, I think like at, at my, uh, when I work and with my business, I'm pretty sh- structured. I like things mm. organized. I like routine. Usually during the week, i do pads with my coach Glenn in the morning. I'll go to work. Um, I'll go to the gym and do my weights and conditioning after go home, have a bit of a rest, and then I'll go do MMA classes in the night. But then when it comes to the weekend, I won't plan anything. And I like things spontaneous. Like if a plan pops up then I'm happy to do that, but I don't know. I think tell you the truth (laughs) that my favorite bit about a weekend is, is going out for breakfast. Uh. Just yeah, going down, sitting yes. there, whether it be by myself or with friends or whatnot, mm-hmm. just sit there, enjoy food, and just be grateful that you've got another week ahead of you, and you're doing everything that you want to do.
0: Dude, uh, I think I think that 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 hits the nail on the head. Like just having that moment of tranquility and just enjoying something like that. Um, I think uh, I think that's the perfect thing that we all aspire to. I mean, like, I think that's why um, I enjoy my weekends or my Mondays that much because um, uh, people say to me like, "Okay, what's the what's the ideal thing?" It's like I wake up on a Monday morning and I'm so excited because this is like another week of st- stuff that can happen, yeah. stuff that can like on one of these days something can happen that can change my life or can add to the journey that I'm on. And I'm busy with so many things, so at any point in time, they can something can happen and then it's like, "Oh, cool." I didn't even expect this. This is so such a cool day yeah. where where people have this yeah. norm of we hate Mondays. Like I'm no 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 no. This is like the wrong no. article to have on that.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's all about your mindset and like if you're mm-hmm. going to be positive and yeah. Like I I went to that fight just knowing that I was going to fight. Like win or lose, I knew that I was confident enough. I did enough to be at that point. Once we got into that cage, like anything could happen, like it's a fight, anything in yeah. life can happen. But like I was happy for where I was and what I did and proud enough that I win or lose, like I don't care, like I'm here and this was my goal. Like, exactly. And I think people take a lot of things like that for granted. They, They don't appreciate where they're at. Mm. They'd rather keep thinking too far ahead and wanting more instead of just... Taking ten minutes out of their day, and they're like, Shit, yeah, like I've done all this, you know what I mean? like 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 you and your podcast, all your writing and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you must be pretty stoked
0: of how your podcast is going. Yeah, no, the, the, I think the podcast is one of the things I, I said it to the previous guest, Leroux Mayer. I said to him, like, if I if I told them like, hey, dude, I'm going to show up at your house and we're going to spend an hour just chatting, whatever, that would be like, okay, that would be weird. Like not knowing a guy like me and you now, we are sitting here chatting up, yeah. like I know intimate details about your life and about your story and stuff. Like if it wasn't on a podcast, it would be pretty like, okay, this is always weird. But now I, I get the opportunity Opportunity with this mic and everything to, to, to interact with so many awesome humans. And just that fact, I had the question, um, a guy asked me yesterday, so at what point do do you want to monetize the podcast and start making money from it? And I was like, I don't think I ever want to. Um, The the only thing that I want to have money for is to build a a nicer studio so I can actually have a space where people can come in and come and uh, chat to me and whatever. But I don't even think I want that. I just want to um, upgrade the mics. That's basically it. Then I'm happy. Uh, Because the the, the amount of, of info I get from like sitting now an hour, let's say half an hour already with you is insurmountable. Like the amount of knowledge you can get from this is, is for me is as, as payment enough, if I can say it like that. Yeah.
1: And it's cool. Like the way that we're doing it, obviously, like this is my first ever podcast, oh, nice. but I think it's rad. I think it's rad that like you're over in South Australia and I'm here on the gold coast and we can just have a chat about sort of the same things and the same goals. And
0: yeah. Yeah. I think I think it allowed me so much uh, so much opportunity. I mean, I always say to people when they say like, well, is, is, is the podcast worth it? And I said to you like, well, I got to meet one of my heroes um, in the second episode. Like I had the podcast and I saw Ken Block was coming to South Africa and yeah. um, I applied and I said to him, yes, I'm a journalist. I'm going to interview him and whatever. And I got 15 minutes allocated to speak one to, to basically one of the bucket list people that I've ever wanted to meet. And that was all because, I started the podcast. And I mean, that's, I think, the thing I always tell people and say, you never know what it'll lead to. I mean, um, like starting, like if you ever wanted to write a book, just start writing like you don't know what will yeah. count on that journey like and all of a sudden if you do this and this like yourself you you never thought you were gonna do and uh, like become an mma fight and so now you've gone you've trained you've showed nah. up and you won your first fight i mean that's that's insane to be able to like okay i started it two years ago at the age of 33 now i'm 35 and i've trained enough and i've won my first fight i mean that's an accolade by itself yeah
1: well yeah yeah there there has been a lot of moments where I feel like things have happened for a reason. Sort of like last June, July, I went through some stuff in my life and um, yeah, that's when uh, our new head coach, Glenn Sparv came into our gym Mm. and sell one of the owners of combat. Sort of said to me, like, uh, if you want to sort of take fighting serious, I think Glenn will be the man that's going to help you. And I'd hurt my back at the time. And I came in just to introduce myself. Like, hey, I'm Riley. Um, I want to fight. I'm passionate. Like, I'm, I'm here to do whatever it takes. Don't be soft on me. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's sweet. And then mm. I feel like I met him right mm. at the right time mm. because from then on, I just kept progressing, picking up things quicker, and I started enjoying everything about MMA that much more. And I think that's what helped drive me to where i am now and wanting to push my mma further and fight more was because i met him at the right time mm. when i was supposed to like and i'm then- not very like a spiritual sort of guy and mm. stuff like that but like yeah. weird <laughs> things like that i feel like happened for a reason mm.
0: But I think that's that's one of the key things. I mean, one of the examples that I always use like this is a, as a business partner that I had in the past. And um, we, I started working together with this guy and we worked well. And like, I I didn't have any equity in the business. I wasn't making money from the business, but uh, we did like raw face-to-face sales in his company. We wanted to build this empire and stuff like that. And that spending, I think it was, let's say two years or a year, and a half, whatever from him led to me starting my marketing company. And that has opened so many other doors for me. I mean, we started that company because we didn't have enough money to pay an external company to, to, to do our marketing and stuff like that for us. So we said, okay, but let's do it in-house. I'll run the company. And from that company, it started, I started my photography business. I started my videography business. The podcast started out of that. All these avenues started from one relationship. Between me and this guy, starting working in business, and that has butterfly effect into like I don't know what else. We we don't even like we we reconnected on Facebook the other day and whatever because we kind of the whole our business with me and him kind of ended very roughly, and um, I always thought fuck it like why that I waste all this time with them, but that like that was the, that was the seeds being planted for everything that's happening now. And that taught me raw face-to-face sales, being able to go up to a person and take a no, because I mean, we would go to an event and try and sell these products. And then so many people would just straight up to your face, tell you, no, we're not interested. Now I yeah. can go into a business deal. And if someone sends me an email, we're saying, no, they're not interested. I'm like, cool next and go on with my life. And I mean, that, that taught me that. And if anyone looked back that, back at that um, experience, they would say, "No, but it was like it's was wasted because you wasted two years." And like, I'm saying, "No, no, no, that was invaluable. Like you can't, I couldn't even put a price tag on the amount of knowledge that I gained on those two years from that failed venture, if I can put it like that."
1: Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't think anything that we do should be regretted or it's a waste of time because we. Yeah, I think we learn from everything. Mm-hmm but but when when you did start all the sales things did you then believe in yourself that you could sell
0: that's that's the thing like that gave me that confidence because of my rival not rivally but me and, and and this guy had such a um, competitive nature like we always yeah. try to upsell each other and that gave me that confidence yeah. of okay cool we're making money today like we're going to sell and i don't matter what like i'm going to convince this person to buy and i think that attitude that taught me the attitude for that yeah that's man so now i think i think that's people see failure way too often as a as an end and, and i see it as just Take, take. Even if you take a moment and and like just write down everything you think you learned from that, and you realize, oh shit, look what I've actually learned from that failure. Hmm. Um, and people see it, oh no, I failed, and this and this and that. Even like some of the other stuff that I've done in my life, I like started a few businesses and stuff, and then I ran it into like, okay, no, this didn't work, this didn't work, and that. All hmm. that is just invaluable lessons because you can't teach that. Even if I went to business school, that wouldn't have taught me the stuff that I learned in that and those and those. Yeah.
1: I think they're more like, I don't think they're failures. I think they're just roadblocks. Mm. You learn your lesson and then you sort of branch off and you do something different or you find a different way there. But yeah, you never, I don't think you should ever give up on things. If you do, then you never really wanted it
0: no 100 percent. yeah i, I agree and, and as soon as i think as soon as you find your passion you'll find time for that thing um if you want oh, to be 100%. a yeah if you i mean you train three times a day plus have a carpentry business plus you go riding like i mean like if you that you could like i tell you you can have a thousand excuses of why you can't go and train in the morning and you have a thousand excuses why you can't yeah. ride your dirt bike so
1: but you make time you make sacrifices and you get it done.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now, um, to to basically like get it, get it all. So all this podcast and all this information that's summed up. If if I had to ask, um, what is Riley's uh, rules to live by? Like maybe like a few quotes or like a message that you always remind yourself of. Of what are your rules to live by?
1: Um, I really like the quote uh, inspired by the fear of failure. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. So like, I feel like that, I feel like that motivates me. Mm. Um, but I just, yeah, like I said before, I just want to make good memories with good people. I find that, um, time's valuable and, um, yeah, yeah, life's just really short. I think we've all just got to make the most of it. And I mean, the, the things that I just, I don't want to get to a point in my life where I look back, I'm like, man, I really wish I had done that. Mm. So, like, if I do it now and I make the most of it and I have a go, at least I can say I did it. Like, my end goal for motocross was never to win a nationals. It was to be there. Mm. And it was an absolute vibe coming into that first corner with all the people. Like, I've never experienced anything like it until I walked out into the cage on Saturday night. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. I think it's just that, that gratitude and that belief in yourself that you're like, man, I'm like, I'm here. I've done it. What else? is there to do but go out and have fun and you go out you have fun and you make the most of it
0: you know what i mean yeah, exactly exactly dude. and I, I think um i have a, a now that I think of it i have a similar fear that is is just like motivated by the fear of regret because um, like I I never now looking back at it like I I never want to go again and say I wish I did this different I wish I attended that training session or I wish I actually lined up at that gate or whatever like I would rather go in there and it's like okay completely get not like knocked over or whatever and knew I gave it all my all then looking back and because I had this um, me and a friend of mine actually went to a bar in the in the like little town that we grew up in and we saw these old guys sitting at the bar. And the thing that scared me the most that night was that regret because they were all there. Because, first of all, they 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 all complain about they have to get away from their wives, they have to get away from their yeah. children. And I'm like, those are the two people that you spend the most time with. Like, how do you want to get yeah. away from that? And second of all, like they hate their jobs. They 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 work their 9 to 5 to get to the bar to drink so they can forget about their lives and that and that scared yeah. me. I couldn't even drink that night. Like I, I, I think I yeah. like we had a, had a few shots and I said okay cool I'm going home because like seeing that regret in someone and like knowing that they're 60 or in their late 50s they can't go back to their 30s or 20s and redo that no. and They take their chance no. again that to this day scares me more than anything else. Like I'd never in my life want to be that old guy that sits on his, or sits at the bar and drinks, not, not to celebrate. I want to, I want to drink a whiskey with my mates because we just had a flipping awesome ride or we did a yeah. cool project. I don't want to sit there and be able to drink because I don't want to go home to my wife and that. I want the exact opposite. I want to sit with my wife and actually drink a whiskey and, and have a lack of time. Yeah. You want
1: to go home and tell her about yeah. how, yeah, like, you didn't ride well that day or like, yeah, even though your day might not go to plan, like you've still, you're still making memories and you're still having to go and you're Mm -hmm. out there and like, you know, you know, like, like when we go out on the bike, we're not, the track might be shit or like it might rain or like you, you just might be having an off day. But when you go home and you wash your bike, you're like, at least I went out and had a go
0: exactly we we have a race that it's coming up now at the in, in november it's called the roof of africa it's an enduro race and um, two of the riders in our team are going to race that race and they both i'm so glad that because they both have this attitude of dude it's going to be such an awesome journey this year to get to the roof of africa we just like we call it just the road to roof and i mean we like we doing the local ewxc championship and um, we they're training and like they, this weekend and now. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to go race at a race called locally. like a, um, It's called Farm Jam. It's just a race, uh, local race that we're going to race at. But they're looking at it as like, dude, you know how many cool memories we're going to have this year of all these yeah. local races we attended and whatever, and even if we go to Roof and something happens, we have a year full of awesome racing that we did. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. And now we're documenting yeah. it on YouTube and all that. But we, I, I said to these guys, I want to sit at 50 years old log into youtube go into the old videos and see hey look there's our first enduro race there's off there's my first mx race there's my this. there's my this and have that those memories there not just hey look i won a championship or hey i want a race i'm like look at our pit set up there look at it now look at that i could just yeah. be able to refer back to that i think that's the that's the perfect just make, making became. really good memories yeah
1: what was like. That? That's, that's like um day in the dirt mm. like i, I was blown away when we started getting day in the dirt in australia and yeah like i don't i don't drink or party or anything like that i was just there to race and to have a good time and then like bell bell australia got me there one year to mm. do custom names on helmets for every Sweet. helmet sold but yeah. like it was awesome being able to hang out with like fonzie mm. and kenny and like riders like diaz and stuff like that and guys that you look up to riding and man they're like the, the, they're the best people because. they're into what you're into and you just stand around and just talk shit (laughs) in between races. And they're just there to have fun like us. And Mm. like, it's just a good energy to be around just to go and have a good time. And they're just there to have fun. Like Mm. they don't really race anymore. Like they're just there to have fun and let loose. And yeah yeah I love that about Fast yes. like no, the yeah.
0: Same, same. Yeah, we have the like, uh, the, we have a local distributor here, Clint. And I say, Clint is now, I think he's in his late 50s, I mean, middle 50s. I have never met a guy that has more fun than this guy. Like, he would one day decide, cool, like, now, this like this past weekend, he posted photos of him going shark diving. He just went and cool bought a lot of equipment. He wanted to do it. He went that side. He like he, he owns a couple of helicopters. He flies helicopters. Yeah, he, like the other day, I saw. he at a local skate park and he was on a one wheel like he got himself a helmet and pads and he's on a one wheel like just doing circles getting used to that and I'm like so funny like that I want me like I want to be that in the in the in the and he kind of embodies fast house in South Africa at this point in time because he's just there to have fun he's like cool we just we just we race sometimes like he loves that quote because we go to the track we have a lot of fun and sometimes we actually get on the track and race
1: (laughs) yeah but um, I've actually spoken to him a few times and he mm-hmm. was going to fly me over and do uh, an event over there. Yeah, and yeah. yeah I, can, I can see where you're coming from, where, like, you see all his stuff and he's just the exact same. He's just out mm-hmm. making memories and making the most of having fun. And
0: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. No, They're he's- good people to be around. No, definitely, and I think that's that's the part where I'm so so blessed to be around these people. Is like, it's it's all people that I uh, that kind of inspire you, and also because I always had this thing of if you um, if you're the biggest fish in the pond, you're in the wrong pond. And I always like to have that because if you surround yourself by people like himself that are very successful in his business and life and all that stuff, you kind of want to aspire to that. If you around yes. people that are like like the the guys at that bar. They just need to drink, and then like their friends are just there to drink, and they no one of none like any one of them if they aspire to do anything, it's frowned upon and it's judged or whatever. If someone buys a new hmm. new uh, new bucky or whatever, then they go like, oh, like oh yeah, where's well, he get the money to do this? And everyone is like, yeah. If you do something, it's celebrated. Flip when I got my van, like everyone's like, oh cool, now you got a van, now you can travel your bike around easy, and then like everyone is excited for small like achievements in that. And I think that's the. Yeah that's that's the icing on the cake right there in life
1: yeah i think it was it was really special sort of i got out of the cage and i had to go get like a a checkup and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. then um i checked my phone and my phone was blowing up like everyone had seen (laughs) it on the stream and they were there and a lot of randoms come up to me and and congratulated me and stuff like that But, like, the amount of messages that I got just from random people saying that I've inspired them in some way was, like, a highlight for me because, like, I don't mean to do it, but the fact that people are seeing it that way, I love Mm. that. And I know I'm doing what I want to do, and that's lift people up with me. I think we should all be, like like you said Mm. about the pond thing, I think we should all be the same size fish.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, agree, I agree with that 100%, dude. But dude, I think this 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 podcast also is one of those bucket list ones. Like I said, I don't like re-listening to some of the podcasts, but I'm glad. I, and and the other thing, okay, Now before I elaborate on that, the other thing is people always tell me like, aren't you scared of meeting people? Like, like let's say I follow you and I always share your content to other people. And it's like, look what this guy's doing or whatever. And then, then they ask me, aren't you scared of meeting these guys? And then they're not what you like thought they're gonna be and i'm like i've never been I've, i think in the in all the podcasts that i've did, there might be one that i thought okay hey this guy is like faking it until he makes it at this point in time yeah like uh and and so far i haven't been um disappointed like i mean like the no. people turn out to be the people that i think that i am and they actually like astonish me even more like getting onto that so yeah thanks thanks for taking this hour out of your day to to sit and, good and whatever it's really really awesome thanks for having me no problem you,
1: you'll probably find you'll probably find that like in saying that, and you haven't really got bad people that you've spoken to, mm-hmm. deep down, you're you're probably picking the right people to be around because in some way they're inspiring you. As I do have like a good circle around me, mm-hmm. I think good people interact with good people, and I yeah. think we just feed off each other. So people exactly, want to yeah. see you grow as you see them grow. So
0: yeah, I do. That. I think
1: I yeah, you're doing a you're doing an awesome thing, man.
0: Oh, thanks very much, man. It's always it's always good to hear and. Yeah, I, like I, I think I think that's the uh, cool thing. The people that I speak to, that I usually have a bad feeling or all that bad energy about beforehand. That that turns out to be bad, but then I get these people like yeah. I, I can't wait to speak to these guys or whatever, and then it's like yes, and then you just kind of feed off that. And like I mean, my Friday is just gonna go like upwards from now on because like this interaction that we had now was such 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 food fuel that. Like I can't have a bad day after this. Even if something does go wrong, like that won't match up to the amount of energy that I received at this point in time that's, and that's why I'm so grateful.
1: I think, yeah, I think it's even better that like we've never met, we've never spoken. Mm -hmm. I think we've messaged a few times and stuff like that. But the sheer fact that um, we can feed off each other with good energy, Mm -hmm. I think we're both gonna walk away from this and just be like, like we've met good people, you know what I mean?
0: Exactly exactly
1: yeah
0: uh, now I'm, I'm even more excited now for to, to come through to Oz because uh, one of the uh, the freestyle riders in our in our uh, team Rudolph he's like we so we spoke to Jacko And we actually wanted to get him for a freestyle show this side. And we said, okay, no, well, I think we can rather go to Oz. It's going to be cheaper to go down to Oz and actually just interact. But now there's so many cool people that that's why I said to you in the start, I think I just need to move to Oz or the Gold Coast because the the energy seems so good on that side. It's it's really, really cool.
1: Definitely the the motocross scene up here is Mm. huge. Like, yeah, yeah, some really good riders, good people too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you'd get a buzz out of it. (laughs) <laughs> well, if you ever do come over, um, yeah. you've got a place to stay here, mate.
0: Fuck, so. oh, dude, that's yeah, so awesome. Dude. Thanks very much, man. I appreciate it. And again, that's thanks, thanks for your. Oh, well, if you come to South, if you ever want to come to South Africa, like I'll, I will just you've got you can sleep on my in my place at any time. Um, like, uh, like I think I think before I invite you, I think Clint's gonna invite you again to come up to your side and come and ride because I know uh, our King of the Web contest is coming up soon, and I know he wants to plan. I'm not even sure if I can say this, but uh, he's trying to get a day in the dirt in South Africa as well. And uh, yeah, understand. well,
1: that's what we originally spoke about. Uh, okay, and if cool. he, ever, he ever did it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd love that opportunity. I've always wanted to come to South Africa, so. yeah
0: no dude yeah, i think i think be it'll awesome. be a vibe so so yeah as soon as you're here let me know then we'll make sure to have a lot we can take you all over from from the coast to the city wherever you want to go we'll have a show. we have a lot of fun on the side i love that thanks each for having me bro no worries dude thank you very much thank you. have a good week And there we go. Another awesome podcast in the books. And what an awesome guy, right? Like I said, I, there must be something in the water down there in the Gold Coast. There's so many awesome humans there. What an insane story from uh, Riley. And um, yeah, hopefully you guys uh, follow his advice, follow his motivation. He's really an inspirational dude. Go check out his social media. I'll um, link everything down below. But just if you go to social media, go to Instagram, So search it's Brendan Riley, and you'll find the guy there. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you like the podcast please leave a rating please share this podcast with as many people you can um, so everyone can find the benefit of riley's story in this um, and again once again thank you guys for listening i hope you have an awesome one see you in the next one